Okay, we're going to have our first message now, brought to us by Mr. Ken Barton, and it is entitled, Musings of a Retired Fire Captain. Thank you, Mark. <clears throat> you guys can tell me later if this is musings or just ramblings. Maybe I spent too much time in an oxygen-deprived atmosphere. <clears throat> I want to share a couple of jokes that I have shared before, so, you know. There was a hurricane, and there was a, a lot of rain, a lot of flooding, and this guy's uh, streets were getting flooded. And the fellow was out on his porch, and a longtime Christian guy in a canoe came by and said, hop in, and he said, no, it's okay. I've always trusted in God to take care of me. He says, if we'll trust in him, he will take care of us. He's going to take care of me. So he went on. You know, water kept rising. And it get up on top of the roof. Helicopter came by. We're going to lower you a rope. He said, that's okay. God's going to take care of me. I'm a longtime Christian. I've trusted him all my life, and I will trust him now. So they went on, and of course, the water kept going up. He got washed off the roof, washed out to sea. A cruise ship came by, sent out a lifeboat, and he said, Nope, God's going to save me. Don't you worry about it. So he drowned. Got up to heaven, and he went looking for God. Found him and says, I have a bone to pick with you. And he says, What's wrong? He said, I've always trusted your word that if we will trust in you, you will take care of us. And he says, give me a break. I sent you a canoe and a helicopter and a cruise ship. You got to get in the boat. Next one. There's a story by, uh, and this is not a, a joke. This is a true story. John Maxwell, and uh, he's an inspirational speaker, helps a lot of ministers quite a bit. He told about going to see his nephew play t-ball, or no, it was pitch. You know, but he just, they're little, you know, they're not really well at it. And uh, he stood there, and they, they, it was called, you know, had an ump. Got called out on strikes. Never swung the bat. When they said, you're out. And he started walking back. John stood up and he said, Yay! Hey, way to go! Yay! And they're all looking at him like, What are you nuts? Are you from a different world or something? You know, this guy didn't even swing. Clapped for him and yelled all the way. You know, told him, Great, 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 all the way into the dugout. After the game, he said, Let's go have pizza. So they went and had pizza. And he's on the way. He says, You know what the secret is to baseball? No, Uncle John, what is it? Swinging the bat. And he said, now at that age, it's not a case of them hitting the ball, it's the ball hitting the bat. But if you don't swing it, it's never going to do it. So he said, you got to swing the bat. He didn't mention that part, but he said, you got to swing the bat. Every time, swing that bat. That's the secret to baseball. He got a call from him, thanking him for his advice because he had just got a full ride 
scholarship on baseball all the way through college. The secret. Got to swing the bat. Now, as a firefighter, this is going to go off in another direction. My next line here is, got to love smart folks. Because <clears throat> there's people that know a whole lot more than I do. As I said, when we had tours, I would ask the kids, what's the difference between stupid and ignorant? Because we're all born ignorant, every one of us. And we're still ignorant about lots of stuff. I tell Glenda, I said, there's libraries full of books of stuff I know nothing about. But there are, thankfully, people that do study. I was in aircraft rescue firefighting for 27 out of my 34 years. And we used a thing called AFFF, aqueous film-forming foam, basically soap, kind of like. It forms a film over the fuel, and it also forms a whole bunch of suds, which bleed off water, which cools down the fuel. But that film blocks the oxygen. Before that, we used a thing they called animal protein. It's reconstituted chicken guts. And it, it works really good for what it, you know, did. It actually, you could, you could spray it on a wall and it would adhere to the wall. It would actually protect from uh, radiant heat. And the way it was supposed to work was you would foam. You guys heard of foam in the runways, right? I never saw that in my entire 27 years and I was okay with that. The way it works is you foam the last two-thirds of the runway, okay? And the pilot comes in, and he lands just before the foam, okay? And then it skids, of course, into the foam, which, if there was any fire started, that pretty much helps put it out. It also takes away the friction. The problem with that, is pilots love their planes, okay? They really don't want to scratch them up, so they come in really slowly, you know, because everybody's seen pictures of planes hitting fast and tumbling and breaking apart. They don't want to do that. So they go really slowly, and it's usually when the gear is not come down, so they're going to land on the belly. And when they touch the runway. They're just barely flying and they stop before they ever get to the foam. Or they have lousy aim and they land in the foam and squirt right off the back because it didn't take, off, take friction out of the deal. So anyway, and then the runway's down for three hours and it's smelling really good because tarmac gets hot when the sun shines on it and it reconstituted chicken gut smells real good when it gets heated up. So, everybody loves AFFF that's in flammable liquid firefighting, trust me. <clears throat> the thing is, you trust people that are smart, that have come up with this stuff because they've proven themselves. Okay? So I came up there and said, hey, I, you know, I, especially if I didn't have any bona fide in, in firefighting that I have a thing that's going to fix that they would look at me with a jaundiced eye and well they should and this this was not originally part of my deal but I've, it's been praying on my mind so I figured there's a reason for it 
How many of you get your flu shots? There's a, there's why? Because the CDC has said this really works, right? Centers for Disease Control. We trust those people because they've shown themselves to be trustworthy. Okay. And <clears throat> this is, I'm going to get on guns for just a minute and I'm going to go away. A lot of people listen to them when they talk about guns being a major danger. The problem is they did a study. Uh, if, in case you guys want to follow another person that did this, uh, and his name just went away, so God said that's not important. The thing is, he uh, had done a study trying to determine how many people actually use a firearm to defend themselves and how many were successful at it. Okay? And it turns out he found that there's about one and a half million times a year that firearms are successfully used to protect people. Okay. But that doesn't fit what is said. All right. So the C he found out that the CDC did a study on that. And they found that he was exactly correct. Or they found they didn't do it. They didn't even know he existed. But they found the exact same thing. Over 800,000 to one and a half to two million times a year, people use firearms to protect themselves. Now, it may be against a rabid dog. It may be against a person, a criminal, okay? But it works. And the vast majority of the time, they never fire it. All they do is the other guy finds out that the bad guy finds out that they got it. It doesn't work on snakes and dogs. <laughs> They're not, they don't say, whoa, I got to get out of here. He's got to go. But crooks, they're predators, and that's what they're wanting is somebody who won't get them hurt. That'll get them hurt, so they leave. Now, my problem with the CDC is they squashed that. They hid it. They never reported it. Okay, recently it's been found. So the thing is, you have to trust and figure people know what they're doing, but you need to make sure that they're telling you the truth in what they do. So, that brings me to global warming. The sky is falling. Freon is ruining the ozone. Freon's heavier than air, folks. Anyway, <clears throat> scientists were never able to actually pinpoint a cause for the holes in the, in the ozone. And that there were holes there, I agree. Okay, and that was shown. Okay. The causes, I'm not too sure about. <clears throat> they, they have even, scientists have even pointed to an observation done by uh, adventures is not the word, but people. In the Antarctica in 1912, they noticed some weird looking clouds. And they noted that in their records. And scientists have said that that was, that was the beginning of the ozone or of, of the holes, okay? I don't think there was such a thing as Freon R12 back then, but, okay, it was there. <clears throat> Acid rain. Acid rain was a real problem, okay? By the way, the ozone holes have gotten bigger and gotten smaller and gotten bigger and gotten smaller, not sure why. 
it is interesting that DuPont, the maker of Freon R12, told the government about the dangers of Freon R12 right as their patent for Freon R12 was going away. <laughs> so the other companies were going to be able to make that. This stuff's dangerous. It eats up the ozone. So they outlawed it. Okay. Just so happened, DuPont had a whole nother refrigerant that was, was not dangerous to the ozone. And of course, they got a new patent on it. Anyway, not. Now, acid rain caused by emissions of sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide that react with water vapors up in the atmosphere. Okay. And when it rains, it comes down and there's, you know, sulfuric acid in there. Not enough to, like, melt you as you're walking around, but enough to affect plants and stuff. Okay? Came to our awareness in the 70s. Has been mostly cleared up by efforts to clean, wash the sulfur dioxide and nitrogen oxide from smokestacks. Okay? Areas that were creating the problem. Now, those oxides did go way up in the atmosphere mixed with the water vapors, it came down as rain. So the damage was down here, not up in the ozone. Farting cows. The only reason I mention this is for comic relief. <laughs> I'm pretty certain everything that eats farts in its own way. Carbon footprints. The dreaded CO2. This entire world and everything in it is carbon-based. We get to blame God for that one, or thank God for that one. Either one works. Can't get much larger than a, of a footprint than that, in my humble opinion. God knew what he was doing and set it up on purpose. Photosynthesis. What's that? Well, that's how green plants make oxygen, from carbon dioxide, which is what the greenhouse gases that they really get upset about is the main one. You know, there <clears throat> and the carbon footprint, in my opinion, garbage, <clears throat> is designed to make people feel guilty and want to pay for their sins. Okay? Here's the thing. You paying somebody like Al Gore to take care of the car carbon footprint doesn't help anything but Al Gore really rich. From what I can understand on some reports I've seen, he's one of the worst abusers there are. <clears throat> so, this brings me to Daniel 2, verse 20. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the time and the seasons. He removes kings, raises up kings, gives wisdom to the wise, and knowledge to those who have understanding. My cousin posted that on Facebook this morning. I've already thanked him for it. I didn't had, had not. Anyway, spoiler alert. The earth is going to be destroyed or at the very least, very heavily damaged. 
is. I read the book. Toward the end of the book, it kind of talks about that. <clears throat> it will be collateral damage. Okay? These natural disasters, though, here's a scoop that Earth is experiencing, they really do come from mankind. But not how they're portraying it. Okay? Uh, they come, in my opinion, again, this is ramblings or musings of a retired fire captain looking at things and wondering. Because we're supposed to be able to size things up as we're coming up on a building that's burning or a plane that's crashed and whatever. We're supposed to be able to tell the other folks that are coming what we got and what they're supposed to do. And my guys, got to tell them what we're supposed to do because we want to put it out and get back home. Anyway. So, here's what's causing a lot of this damage that our Earth is experiencing. It comes as a recompense of actions that God expressly forbids. Go to Le Leviticus 18, and we'll start at, at 1, 1 through 3. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, I am the Lord your God, according to the doings of the land of Egypt where you dwell, dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I am bringing you, you shall not do, nor shall you walk in their ordinances. I'm not going to go into details, but the whole chapter concerns sexual immorality and depraved action. Or you can watch the news if you need <clears throat> Or you can, you know, read about what we're told we're supposed to accept of others' actions in order to be politically correct. Drop down to 24. Do not defile yourselves with any of these things, for by all these the nations are defiled, which I am casting out before you. The only reason you're getting it is because I'm evicting the other ones. <clears throat> for the land is defiled, therefore... I visit the punishment of its iniquity upon it, and the land vomits out its inhabitants. Quite a picture in it. For all these abominations the men of the land have done who were before you, and thus the land is defiled. Lest the land vomit you out also when you defile it, as it vomited out the nations that were before you. For whoever commits any of these abominations, the persons who commit them shall be cut off from among their people. The evil prophet Balaam told Balak how to get God to punish the Hebrews in Numbers 31. <clears throat> but also, and I was sure I had put this in here, but in, in uh, Josephus' Antiquities, of the Jews, he tells about exactly what he told them, what he told Balak, how to get that done, how to get have your have your daughters go over there and seduce them, basically, and get them to come and worship your God, and do the things that you guys do, because God cannot countenance. If they will do that, if they will turn away from God to come and worship your God or and, and in the ways you worship your gods, God will turn his back on them and he will not protect them from you. 
That's why in Numbers 31, they killed him with the sword because he had destroyed them. But nothing's happened yet. It's been how long? It's been 2,000 years since you say that Jesus was here. It's been five, 6,000 years since you say Moses was around and David was around. It's all fairy tales. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Go back to the, it is going to be destroyed or at least heavily damaged. But beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his, concerning his promises toward us or concerning his promises, some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Okay? I'm going to move on from that one. Blessings or privilege? Are we enjoying blessings or are we enjoying privilege? That's not fair. Why is it that you have so much more than I do. Why is it that your nation is doing so good and our nation isn't doing good at all? It's just not fair. We're going to come up from Venezuela and get some of that because it's just not fair that you have all of it. That's another ploy Satan uses to get us to rebel against God. If he can get us to feel guilty about being successful about things and turn our back on whatever... You know, here a while back, a couple of years ago, they were actually saying that it was not fair to read to your children and sing to them because that gave them more of a heart, head start in life than the people that do not read to their children and, and sing to them. If you want to be fair, everybody's got to do the same thing. Now, okay, sing to your child and read to them. No, we just want you not to do it. Daddy loves you bad. You're just so good because your daddy gives you everything. Why don't you just go ask daddy for it? <clears throat> Genesis 4.3 In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. So whose fault was it? Obviously it was Abel's fault because he was... No, I don't think so. so. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will it not be accepted? And if you do not do well... Sin lies at the door. And its desire is for you. But you should, you should rule over it. Sin wants to destroy you. I don't know why God respected Abel's offering and not Cain's. I think it's because Cain did it, or Abel did it the way he was supposed to do it according to what God 
know, they had a close relationship with God, obviously. And Cain did it the way Cain wanted to do it. It said Abel used his, the fat of his, gave the best the fat of his flock. And apparently, the, the, the stories I've heard is that Cain was a vegetarian and he, you know, he didn't, he wasn't a keeper of animals, he was a keeper of crops. And so he brought crops. Now, we, there's places where that's offered, right? When you, when you, Tabernacle, the the, the uh, wave offerings is, is when we thank God for what we get, right? So, but I'm thinking he maybe maybe didn't bring the best of his, put the finest out. I don't know. I wasn't there. <clears throat> but God tells Cain he should rule over the sin's desires. In order to do that, he would have to know what it was. God told Abraham when he was still Abram that he would bless Abraham and all his descendants. Genesis 12, 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your descendants I will give this land. And there Abraham built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And then in 15, 5, God brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven. Count the stars if you are able to. And number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. The Kenites, the Kenizzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, and the Rephaim. All of them weren't named Ites. The Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, the Jebusites. There are ways Ah, never mind. <clears throat> he told him. Okay. When Abram was 90 years old in Genesis 17:1, the Lord appeared to a, to him and said, "I am Almighty God." Walk before me and be blameless and I will make my covenant between me and you and you and will multiply you exceedingly. So there's the blessing. There's a promise from God, right? If you do this, it will go really well for you. Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Actually, I'd like. Uh, 7.13 is where I wanted to start, where he warns us. If you go away and I hold, withhold the rain, visit pestilences upon you, you start having problems. Then in 14, if my people who are called by my name, and this is tricky here, will humble themselves. God does not care how proud we feel like, how right we feel like we are. God knows who he is. He made us. Humble yourselves and pray and seek my face. That means try to get to him. Try 
God, Father God, because he ain't looking. If, if he's turned his back on us, he's not looking at us. We need to seek his face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will, or, yeah, I'm sorry. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer. For now I have, let's see, <clears throat> made in this place. He was talking about the, the temple, right? But now we have God's spirit, right? This place. God is here. Two or more, God is here. And he tells him, as for you, is verse 17, he's talking to Solomon. If you will walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I've commanded you, if you keep my statutes, my judgments, then I will establish your, the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as ruler in Israel. God's blessings are not guaranteed, are they? <clears throat> there are requirements on our end. Solomon, he had to follow. He didn't do that. So, isn't there any way to avoid the calamity that's bearing down on us? I just went over. Open our mouths. Pray. Seek God. Humble ourselves. Pray. Seek God. Seek his face. Turn from our wickedness. And then share that with others. We're the ambassadors for God, right? We've got to share it. If we do that, just think what a difference that's going to because we're not done yet until the God until the final day when Christ shows up then it's too late but we have people we love we have people that aren't in Christ share it with them a lot of them don't want to hear it that's okay you'll need 